The best not Terminator or Terminator 2 Terminator movie. Welcome to Geeks Without God with Tim Wick, Nick Glover, and Molly Glover. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We don't recognize moral authority. We don't accept divine superiority. We're geeks, geeks without God. This week on Geeks Without God, we are talking about murder mysteries. That's right, you walk into a room, somebody's dead, but who did it? We're going to talk about who did it. Actually, not really just about who's doing it. I don't know. Never mind. This is too long. Welcome to Geeks Without God. I'm your host, Tim Wick. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Nick Glover. The butler did it. And Molly Glover. I'm the butler. <laughs> Wait, no, I'm is the this, it. Is this? I don't. Anyway, I don't. I don't know what we're talking about right now, but I know what we're going to talk about. Our topic today is murder mysteries. Dun 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 dun. dun, dun. Molly spells butler with two T's. I thought she might. <laughs> uh, so I, I just was like, hey, we should do an episode about because I just watched uh, the new Death on the Nile, mm, directed by Kenneth Branagh. It was fine. Okay. I my 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 take on Kenneth Branagh and his um. His Agatha Christie movies has been that I think that he uh, he has a decent take on Hercule Poirot, oh. but I do not feel he has a very good take on Agatha Christie. <laughs> oh, sure. That's sure. fair. Because uh, he does a lot of changes to the story in ways that aren't modernizing and getting rid of, like, I don't know, the racism in Agatha oh. Christie's writing or anything. I mean, he gets rid of that, too, and, and that's fine. You know, good. Let's get rid of the racism. Yeah. But uh, but he just he just makes really weird story changes that... That, that I'm kind of like, why, why did you why it's, did you need to do that? I heard that with uh, Murder on the Orient Express, which I didn't see. That was was that his? Yes. Well, yeah. yeah, he did. He did the recent version. There. I heard people say there were changes that they're just like, I don't understand why. I don't know why. This. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and the classic Murder on the Orient Express, there was one in the 70s that uh, Albert Finney plays her co-proro, and it's really, really good. And I'm not saying you can't remake. I mean, Agatha Christie's been dead for a long time. You can remake whatever Agatha Christie yeah. story you want. Yeah. I'm Take cool that. with it. I'm cool with it. But it was kind of like, what? Why did he Why did he make these changes that didn't make the movie better Yeah. or didn't make the story better? It was like, was he really just trying, well, I don't want to do a movie that's exactly like this movie that they made in the 1970s that virtually nobody who's coming to the theater right now has seen or even is aware exists. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but in any case, that got me thinking about murder mysteries. And I was like, hey, we should talk about murder mysteries if if we're into murder mysteries. And, and Molly, we were, we you were, were definitely into murder mysteries. I'm very into murder mysteries. Oh, yeah. And Nick is too, actually. It's something yeah. that we both really enjoy. I love a good I love a good mystery. I fell in love with mysteries when I was young and reading Encyclopedia Brown books. Oh, yeah. Uh, those were my favorite. I, I read some Nancy Drew, but I didn't. I, don't, I thought they were okay. I felt like they were a little dated. You know, and and so I didn't, I didn't, but I liked some Nancy Drew. I really loved Encyclopedia Brown, though, especially because he, uh, a lot of times his uh, the the solutions to his mysteries were very small things. Like the one I will never forget is the girl he's interviewing. He's one of the girls, and he's asking her about something about you know, and she says that she's filing her nails while she's talking to him, but she says that she just got out of the shower. And he's like, no one would file their nails just after getting out of the shower because the nail keratin is softened and the file doesn't would do damage isn't to that, nails. Isn't that legally blonde? Legally blonde is the perm. 
perm, but the yes, perm, it's pretty it, much the, same, the exact yeah, same, the same thing. The same is solution. no one would go swimming after a perm. And I remember when I saw the movie, I was like, that's like Encyclopedia Brown. It's so good. That's so good. <laughs> it was very good. I, I, I did watch some Hardy Boys or read some Hardy Boys books mm. as a kid, but mm-hmm. I think uh, getting into cyberpunk and like mm. from their noir and like detective novels yeah. Yeah. is really what what I've been more interested in. What I really love is that kind of a, a, a mystery, but like a closed room mystery mm-hmm. is also really, really good. I don't remember if it was um, R.L. Stein or the other one, Christopher something, whose name I can't think of now. I feel bad, but the author, they were like teen books. And uh, they were they wrote a he wrote a series of you know, horror teen horror sure. and the one I remember was uh, a girl dies and she's a ghost for the book and so she's she's watching the people in her life to try to figure out who killed her uh-huh. yeah. very very uh, uh, the lovely bones you yeah, know, yeah, like, yeah yeah I, uh, I my my parents had like I swear to God every Agatha Christie book ever nice. written and they were these old I and mean, they were really old I think they came from my grandparents' house they were like yellowed Agatha Christie books oh, yeah. you know you'd crack. open them and and crack the spine mm-hmm. but I did start with Encyclopedia Brown as well because uh, they were short they mm-hmm. were really you know and and you got to try and solve the solve the crime the mm-hmm. one I remembered was the um, one where the crime was solved because uh, of a of a a civil war sword that was awarded to somebody and it was like awarded for his bravery, you know, uh, after the first battle of bull run. And it was of course awarded like a couple of months after the first battle of bull run. He's like, there's no way he would say the first battle of bull run before the second battle right, of bull right. run was fought. What he the had, fuck is world war one? Yeah, He had <laughs> another one that was the world. It was world. They wouldn't say world war one. Like, yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. Yep, that's, but, yeah. But, you know, you felt like you could figure it out. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, Agatha Christie, she wrote, I, I liked her books. Uh, although, as I mentioned earlier, there's a lot of racism in her books. They are racist, uh, but uh, she—you couldn't figure her 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 mysteries out for shit. She was like, "I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tip my hand any, yeah. anywhere. You're I, you're gonna just be at the end." But like, oh my god! I read Murder on the Orient Express for the trivia contest that one year, uh-huh. and I hadn't, I didn't know the story, so I was very like, "Oh man!" And then you know, okay, so spoiler alert: we might spoil some murder mysteries oh, yeah, that might. have been published for many years. But uh, when it was everybody did it. I was like, like yeah. what? Everybody did it? And oh, I, shit. <laughs> the thing that I love about the ending of that book and the reason that the new movie kind of bugged me, just so you know. So at the end of the book, what Poirot does, he's like, okay, here's the deal. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to lay out two scenarios. One is the scenario that has been basically presented to me as a fake solution. Mm-hmm. Some dude got on the train, killed this guy, and left. And there's P.S. the dude was a foreigner. There's there's all this evidence, air quotes, Mm -hmm. that uh, that has been presented to me that seems to suggest this happens. Um, Or there's this other potential solution which fits all of the actual evidence. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, hey, dude who runs the the train, uh, which one of these two do you think is right? And the dude who runs the train is like, I'm good with the guy getting on the train and cause the dude they kill is just a complete trash. Oh yeah. Being. Yeah. Um, and so he's like, I'm, I'm good with the, with a fake solution that has been presented to us. And then the, and they do that in the, in the 74 movie, which again, I, I recommend it's a good movie. Yeah. Um, and the, and the Brandon movie I enjoy too, but at the end he basically comes out and does all of this and he's like, 
I know that you all 12 did it and you're going to, I'm going to see you pay justice, uh, justice. And Hercule Perot is all, all about, you know, the people who have committed a crime must, must pay the price mm-hmm, until mm-hmm. he's reasonably convinced that maybe what they did was, was just in some way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was like, Oh, I hate that because I really like that solution of, all right, uh, dude who's actually in charge here yeah i've presented to you two possibilities you're the one that gets to make a decision which mm-hmm. one what do we you're going to report to the cops yeah um and I, I i enjoyed that about the end of that book but yeah agatha christie is always about there's a there's a book i think the first one of hers that i read called the Mur- murder of roger Ackroyd. again this is a spoiler mm-hmm. but but it's been out a long time yeah which is written in the first person, and the murderer is the person who's writing the book. Ah, an unreliable uh, narrator. Yes, excellent. One of my favorite. One of my favorite but, literary tropes. But it's a Poirot mystery, so mm-hmm. right, he's he's like acting as Poirot's assistant for mm-hmm. the entire yeah. thing, and just creatively leaving out the facts that need to be need to be in there to let you know that it's the murderer yeah. writing the book. But you can never. I mean, Agatha Christie never never wants you to uh, figure out her mysteries. Yeah. It's, I, one of my favorite murder mysteries was adapted to a Netflix series, uh, Altered Carbon by Richard K. Morgan. Mm. It's um it's it's great because the the premise is, you know, this far into the future, everyone has a little like electronic stack in the back of their neck, in the back of their head that is doing backups. Mm-hmm. And so if you of their if personality. You, of your of your whole your memories, yeah. your personality, all of it. So you can be transferred into another body really easily. You can swap around as you as you see fit or as you can afford if you're mega rich. And if you're super mega rich, if you're one of the uh, the Methuselahs, you can actually have like satellite backup. So even if someone were to destroy your cortical stack, you could still be retrieved from this this backup. Put, so, they call the body sleeves. They sleeves. put you in a new sleeve. Yeah, oh. it's great. It's very cool. So... Um, uh, the premise is this ultra mega rich guy has thought out or busted this super soldiery guy to solve the, his own murder uh, because the super ultra mega rich guy had the gun from his safe in his lock in his locked office opened the gun pulled out and it shot him. Now, why the fuck would he shoot himself knowing that he is Remotely backed up. Mm-hmm. Someone must have busted in, must have figured out how to open his safe, and must have killed him. But why? Mm. And how? And who? And so it's it's a really great like this this simple not simple technological premise, but this you know this technological premise of people are kind of sort of immortal. How do you solve the murder of an immortal, knowing that he's like extra immortal? Right? And does it matter too? Which is interesting too. Like, well, you know, yeah. I mean, a, a big part of it is you know he's kind of a rich piece of shit, and it matters to him and his mm-hmm. ego and and everything else. Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> I want to uh, just I don't want to talk about it because it is so good. Uh, but there is a book. There's a show too, and the show is pretty good. Uh, but it's better to read as a book. There is a book called Behind Her Eyes by Sarah Pinborough. Oh yeah, I remember you mentioning. Oh it, my I think. god, yeah, it's so good. It is. Um, it is a. Uh, it is told through a series of you know. There's present and past, and it is a, a, a troubled young woman. And I don't. I honestly, I can't tell you much more about it. But if you like murder mysteries, you will love this book. It has some crazy twists that that are just like. 
like mind-blowingly cool. So I, it, it involves astral projection and like a bunch of other stuff. You kind of got to just like go with assuming that it's like this is real and is a thing that can happen. Well, sure, yeah. But it's very cool. I really liked it. I actually read some really good uh, – I've read some really good murder mysteries. A lot of the books I read, the murder books I read are less mystery and more like um, – somebody being worried that they're going to get murdered or whatever, but there were some really good ones. I wanted to mention uh, The Shadow Box by Luann Rice. It is one where uh, this woman is, she's murdered, and you find out that she was pretty sure her husband had murdered another woman like when they were young and covered mm-hmm. it up. And so then it's like trying to prove what happened with that. Um, well, then I'm looking at my journal from where I write everything down. Uh, the Disappearing Act by Catherine Stedman. Uh, This English writer, uh, her books are being turned into movies and she is in L.A. and she runs in. She's or she's an actress, actually, and she's auditioning for something and she sees another woman who looks a lot like her at the audition and they kind of have a moment. And then that woman is like, can you hold on to my phone for me for a second? And then she just fucking disappears. And so the the English actor is trying, gets a little gets a little like obsessed with trying to figure out what happened to her. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then. Let's see. There is a book called. I'm looking through it. I got to find it here. Uh, there's a book called. Nope, it's not on this one. Hang on. This is riveting radio, but yeah, I'm actually it's really looking, exciting. looking but while at you're looking, books. While yeah. you're looking, I'll just say, uh, you know, I we've we've done an episode about Knives Out, which was a mm, yeah mm-hmm. freaking amazing movie, and there is a sequel coming out with uh, so the Daniel Craig character. Netflix, right? I this think year. that is possible. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I'm very excited about that. I, I, I thought that was a absolutely fantastic movie. Really, really clever. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it's great because the, the, the murder victim is a murder mystery writer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which was so awesome. Oh, and, I found it. Yeah. The Sundown Motel by Simone St. James, which is like a classic uh, hard-boiled detective oh, noir stuff. novel, but with a female protagonist. That was uh, very cool. Yeah. And and actually, the two Veronica Mars books are oh, yeah. also really good. Yeah. If you liked the Veronica Mars show, which Nick and I fucking loved it. Oh, yeah. um, uh, the, the two seasons of that show are great. And then the <laughs> when they came back and did more, that was great, too. <laughs> But uh, the yeah the the the, uh, the movie is good, and then also they did two books that are narrated by uh, Kristen Bell. Bell. So if you like audiobooks and oh, you nice. want to hear the Veronica Mars voice, you know, doing the narration, it's Veronica doing some some great detective work of some murder stuff. Yeah, and Ver- Veronica Mars is kind of Kristen Bell's breakout, oh, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. really good, really good series. That the the, the I, I haven't actually watched the. The movie or the the, or the, the later series, but it's I watched good. the original series and mm-hmm. really enjoyed it. The um, Molly and I recently finished a series. It's uh, eight episodes. It, it just ended fairly recently on Apple TV Plus called The After Party, oh, yes. which is um, largely comedic, but very much a murder mystery. It's... Um, Christopher Miller, who like the Twenty One Jump Street movies, the Lego Movie, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, like oh, yeah. he and his brother directed and, and wrote a, a lot of those. But it's uh, it's got like Tiffany Haddish and Sam Richardson and Ben Schwartz, um, da- Ilana da- Glazer, Ilana Glazer, Dave Frank- Franco, and the the premise is it's a, a high school reunion, and at the after party after the high school reunion, someone gets murdered, and. Tiffany Haddish is the is the officer who shows up to investigate, and so she she keeps everyone there. And there's a detective that is like a rival to her who's going to be coming to 
to take over the case from her at a certain time. So she has to solve the the, the murder before this replacement come comes to to relieve her of the of the job, but each episode is done in a different style and tells the whole story of the night from a different character's perspective. Oh, I always love that. Mm-hmm. So the first episode is told from Sam Richardson's perspective, his character, and it's a romantic comedy. And the second character, uh, the second episode is a an like an, an art action house. movie. Oh, no, it's yeah, an action, action movie. movie. And then the third episode is Ben Schwartz's character, and it's like a musical. Everyone's singing musical numbers, yeah. and yeah. And then there's like then there's a psychological thriller, a high school drama. There's a bit that's an art house. The, the one character only has she doesn't get a full episode, but like her memories are like an art house film. Yeah, very like brief. black and white and very yeah. like very and everybody's like, smoking. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and everyone's saying really esoteric and things to her and. Uh, a police procedural, an animated episode, uh, one that's done in the style. And the last episode is done in the style of a children's television show. Ah, it's great. It's it was the re- after party. It was after party. Plus, yep. And you could absolutely figure it out from following the clues. Like there's not a there's not a. We didn't figure it out though. I will tell then, you, we were both all in. We were like, it's got to be. We knew who it was. Yeah. We were so sure, and, and then, we were wrong. But the uh, yeah. the director has hidden extra clues in the show that you have to actually like like in morse code and shit like that <laughs> like there's a there's a a screen One of where semaphore yeah it, it uh in flag code yep there's a <laughs> there's a a brief pan over like a bulletin board and in the white space of the bulletin board you can see the words you know not the whatever and you have to figure out who that whatever person oh, is, clever. yeah. And it tells it's you who amazing. it's not. I, so I like um, I like murder mysteries that you can figure out, but I also enjoy if you can't figure it out. I, I enjoy if I can go back. Like Knives Out is a great one for mm-hmm. that, and being able to go back and watch it again. Go oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, that oh, makes sense. Yeah, and I this, get it. This one, like I will say, we were. I was so sure, and I'm, I'm. I wasn't like disappointed with who it was at all. I was just like, this is so perfect. And then it wasn't, and that was fine because like mm-hmm. it, it worked out really well. I yeah. don't know. I really loved it. Great, uh, yeah, great I've, show. And I, I have written several murder mysteries now, mm-hmm. and and I, it's really fun to try and figure out how do you plant evidence for the audience to find, mm-hmm. but don't make it too obvious so that so that there's an opportunity for if everybody just knows who did it by the end. Well, where's the fun in that? Well, right. what's fun with writing? I wrote I wrote one in high school. I mean, clumsily, obviously, but it was what's fun with those is you need to you need your audience to ask the right questions to get some of those clues, and then you have to put in a, a, a fail safe for if nobody asks you. <laughs> This question, I need you to like make a scene where you like talk about and you say the answer to the question. Like there needs to be so like that we have you like for almost every scene you have to have like A and B, right? Like this is what happens if somebody has already asked you this. And then if nobody ever asks you like, what was your relationship with Arthur? Like, like if no one's asked you that, then you need to be able to be like, Arthur, I have had it with it, you know, and just to like say it (laughs) so that they can hear it. Otherwise they're never going to guess. uh, I I've been listening to like Critical Role, the the D and D you know yeah. series lately, and it's kind of given me the itch. So I've been doing world building and stuff on the side just for fun, and I started writing a the introductory adventure as a murder mystery mm. for like a, for like first mm-hmm. level characters as a you know at a noble's wedding someone is murdered. Nice. That's, yeah. That's, it's yeah. very challenging. It's actually very tricky to try to make a timeline and have everything set mm-hmm. up in a way where. 
people can find out clues in multiple ways to put it together. It's yeah. really tricky. I, um, Pat likes uh, police proce- procedurals a lot, and she and I sure. watch them together a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, stuff like NCIS, and a lot of those mm-hmm. are effectively murder mysteries. Yeah, but, I used to watch a lot uh, of Law and Order. The, the funny thing about those is like, uh, it, there, there's this thing that that happens where the minute you see a guest star that you know, <laughs> yeah. they'll, they'll yeah, yeah. pop onto the yeah. screen, and Pat and I'll both be like, "He did it, right?" Yeah. Because as soon as the actor you know shows up, you know that they're the killer. <laughs> What's even better is when you're watching old ones from like the like the '90s, and mm-hmm. it's like, uh, and it'll be like, "Oh, isn't that like." Is that like, you know, whatever actor who's now, is, is she like 12 here? It's like, oh, yeah. I bet it's her. Like, yeah. I, bet, I bet it's her. But this is like her breakout role as the murdery kid, you know? Yep. Like, yep. She did it. Yep. That's the, 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 the actress who plays Eleven in uh, Stranger Things mm-hmm. is in an episode of NCIS. And as soon as you see her, you're like, oh. She did. Yep. The uh, there was there. So there's she was a, a kid at the time, like ten. Anyway, uh, Kristen, not like now. <laughs> yeah. Kristen Bell's in a show on Netflix called "The Woman in the House Across the Street." No, the, the, the woman, woman in the, the window, window in the, the house, house across, across the street, the street. Uh, which is like a pastiche of all these different. Like there, the, there's the woman in the window, the girl on the train. You know, like the man behind the curtain. Mm-hmm. Like all these books, right? So the the house across the lake, the girl in cabin ten, and so she is. Uh, it's it's a it's it's pitched more as a satire than I think it actually is. It ends up being a little pose law where you're like, "Am I watching a satire of this or am I watching just one of these shows?" Right. Yeah. But she uh, she is a she lost her her uh, daughter do- got murdered her daughter got murdered by a serial killer because her husband works with serial killers and it was take your daughter to work day. Oh my god! <laughs> and then like that that made her hu- her family break up and so now she's alone and so she's always drinking like like wine filled like like a glass of wine that is like almost a whole bottle like the size of the glass filled to the brim Giant taking pills goblets. drinking wine like seeing things like she's she's convinced that her neighbor got murdered and so it's a whole murder mystery there and it's it's very it's very hacky and fun but uh if you if you like these things and you also like some mild satire it, i was hoping it was going to be more like naked gun or angie yeah, tribeca right. and it doesn't go that far it starts off that way you're like oh my god but then it just kind of becomes the thing it's making fun of a bit. Yeah, but it's still good. So you know the one that I want to watch, and I, I I think it's it's probably what we're going to watch next. Bridgerton just dropped, and and Pat and I are finishing mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Uh, is only murders in the building. I know you two. Uh, that. Yes. it's really great. So we we um we both found we started watching it. It was one of those shows you had to be like, we have to go to bed. We can't keep it. We yeah. gotta go to bed. Yeah. We gotta. But then we caught caught up. I think we only had four episodes before we were caught up, and then it was the show you're waiting for every week. Like, you know, okay, okay, we got to go. We got to watch it. Uh, it's really great. Uh, Steve Martin and Martin Short are both. It, so it takes place in one of those old buildings in New York where half the residents at least are, have yeah. been living there for 40 years, Selena, right? Selena Gomez. Yeah. And Selena Gomez is, yes, I'm getting there. Oh, but uh, <laughs> so Steve, Steve Martin and Martin Short are both longtime residents of the building and they don't like each other. The way people who've lived in the same building for all this time might not know each other, but just be like, oh, that asshole, you know, he's that guy. And then uh, there is a murder in their building and they are all true crime podcast junkies, Uh, (laughs) both of them. And then Selena Gomez, who is staying in her aunt's apartment. uh, She is also a true crime podcast junkie. So they all decide we should do a podcast. We should have a podcast about this. uh, The the podcast they all listen to is uh, 
Tina Fey's like it's narrated her, by a her character, character. Tina, Tina Fey plays. Oh. Yeah. So they they uh, they decide they're going to do a new podcast and then they get a fan base that's all excited. But it's about this real murder that's happening now and like what to do. And it starts to unfold. They have different connections. And, you know, it's just and every episode is like an episode of a podcast, like serial, especially is what it yeah, seems to be making sure. fun of where each episode reveals something. And so the titles of the episodes are also very much like podcasty kind of titles for a, a, a fictional or a serialized crime fiction. It's super fun. It's, it's funny and comedy, but it's definitely like a, a murder mystery first. And yeah. Foremost. Yeah. Um, and it's, and they set that up for a sequel season perfectly. Like it's, it, the story is resolved and yet set up for more. Well, and, and so the only murders in the building is the name of their podcast because they decide sure. that's the only they're just going to cover murders in the building. They have to set some boundaries <laughs> for their show. <laughs> Otherwise, they could get out of control. So only murders in the building. <laughs> good, good plan. Um, well, another uh, right. And I don't I we've established many times. I don't read a whole ton. But uh, one writer that I read is a writer by the name of Nevada Barr because she manages to uh she manages to combine two of my obsessions because she uh, writes murder mysteries and she's a former park ranger. So all of her murder mysteries are set in national parks. Mm. Oh, you talked about yeah. these. Yes, yeah. I have mentioned them. And so it's like, but I just got to bring it up on this podcast yeah. because it, it's, it, it, it always ends up being like some industrial interest trying to, trying to use whatever resources are in the park. But, but it's like, there's there's about twenty of them all in all different national parks and it's just kind of cool you know the Carlsbad Caverns one of course the main character is is super claustrophobic and now she's got to go into a cave oh, and, no. and 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 solve a murder mystery and you know get to the point where all the lights are out and she can't see anything and it's yeah anyway it's that's great it's a good series if you're into that if you're into what I'm into I guess yeah is what I'm saying. that sounds really fun Molly and I have both talked about a book. Uh, great, great to read. Great to to listen to as well. It's the first book in the Locked Tome Tomb, tomb series called Gideon the Ninth. Um, it, it's it's uh, you could glibly pitch it as lesbian necromancers in space, but the the <laughs> first book is definitely a murder mystery. It, it takes is, a bit to get there, but yes, yeah. But it's um these people have been chosen to be essentially like liches sort of that are going to be in service to their undying emperor and it hasn't happened in generations and generations maybe thousands of years there's two from every planet and there's nine planets every house yeah yeah, every planet every house and so so there's two from each and as they are training or or competing to to become chosen to be the the emperor's you know whatever um some people start dying and is it is it people you know trying to edge out the competition? Is it the place where they're studying is just fucking rife with necromantic power and inherently mm-hmm. dangerous, or or what? But uh, it's it's a great mystery inside of this. Like it could almost be in the same world as Warhammer Forty K. I like mm-hmm. it's that same kind of space gothic. Mm-hmm. That that kind of scale of an I empire. would agree with that. Yeah, yeah. but really, really good book. Uh, the second book, we want to talk about the second book. It's not a bad book. It's <laughs> I just, loved it, but it's very complicated. We, we don't talk about <laughs> it's, it's a it's told in second person. Mm. In any which event, is yeah, not pleasant. Gideon to the Ninth. To. Gideon the Ninth is really fun. It's yeah. a really fun murder really mystery. Great, really funny and and quick. yeah. Um, so so I mean, just we're talking about all these murder. What 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 do you what do you, what 
really appeals to you about murder mysteries? Why, why do you keep reading them? I think for me, it's, it's this idea that uh, for most people, when you're committing a murder, it's going to be a crime of passion. I mean, that's like a lot of murders, right? Mm-hmm. But like sometimes I think we all think of like, you know, oh, serial killers or like, oh, the murder that was planned, right? And so the idea of being like, they thought of everything, but there's something they must have missed, right? And so the idea of like you being able to put together the clues with your powers of observation, because mm-hmm. it gives you a feeling of superiority in a, a little bit. Like, but also I love surprises and I love twists. Like I, I, most of the books I read when I talk about how I read murder trash, like a big part of it is I love twists in books. Mm-hmm. And I really love unreliable narrators. And I really love when it's like, oh, but what you didn't know was that that is my daughter. I'm like, oh, fuck, what? And like, it just changes the story. And mm-hmm. so murder mysteries have a lot of that. And so for me, I just really like the idea that, you know, the person who got murdered is either either they deserved it and we're going to find out why or they they didn't deserve it and they're going to be avenged. Like we need to like bring their killer to justice. And I don't mean like cops justice. I just mean like knowing what happened. Right. 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 And I guess I don't know. I've been obsessed with murder since I was little, just in that way of like the idea that somebody could like plan to kill you and plan out a killing and and still fuck yeah. it up. <laughs> it's kind of amazing. It's hard to do. Yeah, I mean the thing that that often fascinates me about the whole murder mystery thing and you know the cop the cop uh drama stuff it is is that there are nowhere near that many murders. There there just aren't. It's like looking at these not these, those kind, yeah. Yeah, looking at these folks in NCIS who every week they got a new dead soldier to 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 investigate. Right, yeah. It's almost all of whom in the first season were killed by their spouse, by the way. But, <laughs> That's what I'm saying is like most of the time, like it's just a crime of passion. Yeah. yeah. Right. Or you know, the fact that Hercule Hercule Perot or 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 um, uh the the Jessica Fletcher always always show up and somebody gets killed. Yeah. yeah. They, they they just always end up where somebody's murdered and you're like, stop going places. <laughs> <laughs> but but I I enjoy that that I, the l- f- figuring it out and I yeah. I, re- I especially love I very much enjoy going back and watching them again mm-hmm. and going yeah. oh shit I, I it was right there yeah. and I saw it and I missed it what about you Nick I so I really like when it is something you can could have conceivably figured out right. Like I, that is what I love most. But there have been plenty of mis- murder mysteries I've absolutely loved where there's no fucking way you could have mm-hmm. could have figured mm-hmm. it out. I just think that like when I'm when I'm going back and watching again, like exactly what Tim's talking about, I like to be able to go back and watch again and be like, "Son of a bitch, it was right there." Yeah. Like the after party is so much like that. Or if you go, if you were to go back and watch after party, be like. Fucking obvious. Jesus Christ. Behind Her Eyes by Sarah Pinborough is a book that really gives you a lot on a reread. But like I, a lot. I, one of the nice things about when we were watching After Party as the episodes came out every week was that there was this fan base speculation and people posting about you know their mm-hmm. theories and things they observed and things like that. And that was really fun because there was no real risk of it getting spoiled for us because we were watching as it was coming out. Mm-hmm. Right. That, that's how we found out about the hidden messages. We didn't even know that because, you know, we don't know semaphore. <laughs> and I'm not watching on it. We're not watching on a computer. And the thing about because so much television is, is digital now, so many people are watching on a computer where they can 
pause and screenshot right. and upload yeah. things. You know, I'm just watching on a regular TV like an asshole because that's just I'm <laughs> old. That's what I do, right? Like, but it's it, that I I don't know. Just mysteries in general, I've always loved. Yeah. I, I love a puzzle, and a mystery is just a puzzle, right? Like it's it's it's, it's that's the best part is uh, determining. Yeah, it's, sol- it's, I love solving shit. It my uh, my eldest is super into escape rooms. Oh sure, and I they they're a lot of fun. I really enjoy them. Mm-hmm. I've been wanting to to work on on creating like an escape room show. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I it's the same kind of thing, right? It's it's a mystery that you have to solve to get your get yourself out of there. Mm-hmm. And there are so many times where it's like we'll get we'll get to a point where we have to ask for a clue because most of these are hard enough that it's hard to get out mm-hmm. without asking. And, they, and you ask for a clue and they're like, Oh, here's a clue. And you're like, ah, oh, shit. I even thought of that. Yeah. Right. Um, but I just wasn't looking at it in the right way. Didn't friend um, of the show, Doug Washington, wasn't he involved in something that was like an escape room? Theater uh, experience? Yeah. The, the um, local theater company, uh, walking, walking shadow. shadow did an online show called reboot, which they, mm-hmm. they do an escape room style show. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost yearly they've Neat. been doing it. So Neat. that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 but it's the same kind of thing and he really gets into those. So yeah. So yeah. It, it's, it's like an extension of murder mysteries where you get to be the, the investigator. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really enjoy, I guess I just, I think there's something, there's something really, maybe I don't, maybe I'm misusing the word primal, but there's something for me that feels very deep when I solve something. It's one of the reasons I like playing Wordle. It's one of the reasons I like doing crosswords. There's just something that just like clicks inside me when you yeah. when you solve it. And I also, but the thing is, I also really like being along for the ride and not trying to figure things out mm-hmm. and just theorizing. Yeah. And I don't need to be right. Like I, I like watching a show and just being like, oh man, ah, oh my God, it could be any, oh man, it could be this. What if it's that? Oh my gosh. Like just that feeling of like, I love it. I just, I just love feeling like I'm wrapped and mysteries make me wrapped. I I definitely feel like a detective sometimes at work because Hmm. I'm a network engineer. Someone will be like, this one thing is broken or this thing doesn't work. And you have to try to, you know, get the symptoms and investigate and narrow things down. And like, I feel like the troubleshooting process is deductive. And that's very much solving a mystery. Yeah. And so, like, I often think of that as, like, a, a banishing mysteries to the land of winding ghosts when I'm, I'm at work sometimes. And there's that same feeling of, ha ha, I fucking got it. I outsmarted it. One of my favorite uh, games, video games as a child on, a, on the computer, one of the first games we got on the Mac was a, uh, a doctor game where you were a surgeon. And so uh, people like you'd be presented with a patient and it's like patient is complaining like like level one was, is it appendicitis or is it gas? And so you had to you had to like you palpitate the region and you like ask to take look at the vitals and you talk to the patient and, you know, like based on all the information, you have to decide, are we going to do surgery or not? And so sometimes you'd cut them open and they'd be like, this is a healthy appendix. You just committed malpractice. Dumbass. It's like, it was gas. And sometimes you'd be like, I think it's gas. It was like, your patient just died of a burst appendix. And I just, they're always very binary like that. But as you got further on, it would be like, you know, is it, is it, is, you know, what's happening here? You know, and I just really liked that. That was one of the things I wanted to be a forensic pathologist when I was young. Uh, I really, really wanted to do that until I found out that in order to go to medical school, you have to take a uh, uh, an anatomy class in high school or college that requires you to dissect a cat. 
Oh. They were like, you'd have, you're going to have to dissect a cat. And I was like, no. I will not dissect And they were, I was like, can I just jump from jump over cat to cadaver? And they were like, no. I'm like, I mean, I'm fine cutting up a person. I just really don't want to <laughs> cut up a cat. And they're like, you have to be able to cut up a cat. I was like, well, I guess that's it for my medical career. Uh, I remember even thinking that. Like, I guess that's it. Like, and thank <laughs> goodness, because now you're on this podcast. And now I'm a comedian. And it's no, so much it's better so much than much being better. a doctor. Yeah. Healing the world through <laughs> comedy. <laughs> So uh, that is our episode about mysteries. If you like murder mysteries, we'd love to hear which ones you enjoy. Drop it into the uh, Facebook comments on this episode. It or... was Tim who killed me. Yes, I did it. <laughs> uh, and I'm not even a butler. So that's that's the weird part. <laughs> so we are at our five questions segment yeah. where I am uh, led to believe that a new listener or not a new listener, but we have answers to our newest five questions from a listener i'm going to point out we we have not they've been trickling in yeah we don't have many in fact this is our this is it right now so maybe 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 everybody just stopped listening to us over the pandemic i don't know but if you're listening to us we do have five new questions we're going to read them now and they are available on our website please send those in quick question molly did did this person send in their address so that we can send them a sticker they did not but i will respond to him and let him know that we should get that back so we've got geeks without god stickers and we would be happy to send you one if you uh if we when we read your five answers yeah just when you when you answer the questions just add your address on there if you don't feel comfortable doing that totally cool just want to let you know we're not going to dox you or like send you a spam or anything it would just be a sticker i delete all the emails so i don't even pay attention to you after that that's right we don't care who you are after we listen to your answers to our questions hey molly where do the answers come for it we have five answers from chacala septico hey our old friend our old friend uh question number one what is a game you have played recently that you really enjoyed Video game, Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh, yeah. After a while, after it came out for PC, I had the chance to play it. And boy, I haven't cried as much with game stories since the Mass Effect trilogy, which is still one of my favorites. Yeah. I find the idea of such an apocalyptic world very depressing, but the intelligence and resourcefulness of Alloy were amazing to experience. Also, I enjoyed playing as a female character. Even though I'm a cishet man, I didn't need to be the character, just guide her through the world, which was amazing in itself. She's great. Great protection. I just finished the sequel to that, uh, Horizon Forbidden West, and uh, Ashley Birch is the voice actor for Aloy, and just top great, excuse me, great fucking story. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, Question two: What science fact or discovery do you think is really fucking cool? The double slit experiment. In summary, (laughs) it's a demonstration that light and matter can display characteristics of both classically defined waves and particles. Moreover, it displays the fundamentally probabilistic nature of quantum mechanical phenomena. That's a lot of big words. Light existing as a wave and a particle. Yep, light exists as a wave and matter. Yep. Yep. Question number three Where do you get your sense of right and wrong from? Because we know it isn't religion. Empathy and my personal need to interact fairly with others in my walk through life. Up until now, it has served me well. People can call me acerbic, impolite, brusque, distant, antisocial, but never evil. Usually I'm seen as the opposite. 
Also, I'm convinced that in order to have children, I should, one, want them. I don't. (laughs) Two, be able to dedicate the rest of my life to educate said children to be better than myself and to work to make the world a better place. I'm sure there are people able, able to do that, and I firmly believe they should be the only ones to reproduce, but I don't have the strength for it. I'm happy, shit. I'm happy to be decent enough and to avoid creating a burden in the world by bringing more people into it. Fucking preach. Yeah. Yeah, I, I couldn't be a parent to my own standards of... Right. Uh, question four. If you could build a robot to perfectly perform one chore or task for the rest of your life, what would you choose? Definitely it would be the management of my clothing. Mm. Since measuring me to buy clothes that perfectly match my current dimensions... To the maintenance, washing, drying, ironing, discarding when no longer usable, it consumes too many cycles in my mind, and I really hate it. Cleaning the house is a distant second. Hmm. I like that, that you could just... Managing like, clothes, that's because right? we, we had said la- doing laundry, but right. managing clothes becomes just, a... becomes a. There's just new clothes in your closet. Yeah, the uh, robot orders them. It knows your measurements. It determines everything. I love it. That's smart. T- tailor, launderer, yeah. mm-hmm. dry cleaner. Question number five. What is a movie or TV show you think everyone should watch? Babylon 5. And that includes you, heretics, who Uh. have declared repeatedly that you don't like it. For me, it's incomprehensible, but that's personal taste for you. You're wrong anyway, but whatever. Ha ha. I say ha ha, but he wrote a smiley face. Oh, okay. (laughs) Hopefully at some point you will reconsider it. Give it time. The first season is slower as it constructs the world. And also a main character leaves because the actor was dealing with mental issues, a fact unknown to everybody until the actor's passing. Know the characters, follow the political intrigues, and the galactic-wide movements. If the last episode doesn't give you a heartfelt need to cry at a certain goodbye and a sense of accomplishment, you're not human. <laughs> Smiley face. I, I just have never been able to get into it, but I know it's it's J. Michael Shazinski, and his Spider-Man is amazing. He is co-creator of Sense8, right? Yes, yeah, and, I think so. And, you know, I think Harlan Ellison wrote some Babylon 5, mm-hmm. like... Like, I love DS9. I totally, yeah, I, I have not, I don't know anything about it, but I will say I have, uh, I, I, I strongly agree with your uh, answer to the uh, question where you're saying you don't want kids. Uh, and I do think that if you, to, in order to have children, that number one, you should want them. And I am yeah. still astonished by how many people don't seem to think that that's necessary. <laughs> uh, luckily, I am now old enough that my eggs are old enough that no one still says I should have children or that I will want them when I have them, which seems like such a buy-in right. to yeah. not be sure. It's if a some, really bad plan, If right? you were like, I don't like being on boats, and someone was like, listen, once you buy your own boat... And you spend the money and you find a place to dock it, you'll love boats. And then you're like, no, but I mean, I don't like being on the water. They're like, when it's your own boat, you do. It's, like, it's more <laughs> permanent than that, though. I feel like it's it's more like, uh, trust me, trust me, man. When you cut off your left arm, you're going to thank me later. <laughs> you're going to be so glad. You, you don't want to do it now. But once that left arm is gone, you, you're just going to just gonna be feel like a more complete person, ironically. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, thank you so much for those answers. Yay, if you'd like to answer our five questions, we will remind you. You just got to send it to five questions at geekswithoutgod.com. And uh, we will read them on the air. If you're a Patreon supporter, all you got to do is send it in and we will bump you to the top of the Patreon queue in which there is nobody. There's nobody in the queue at all, Tim. Nobody at all. The queue is currently. The queue is empty. 
It's a, it's a, there's, there's tumbleweeds. Who killed the Q? It's a capital Q because it's, it's empty. We don't, we don't know <laughs> who, who killed, killed the, the Q. Q. It's an, it's it a mystery. Listeners like you. The deep listeners. state. <laughs> yeah, he was definitely murdered by the deep state. The Q. <laughs> so please, please uh, send in your answers to our five questions and we will be happy to read them on the air for you. We have been Geeks Without God. We're going to be back next week with another episode about something. And we're excited to talk about it, whatever it is. It's a mystery what we're going to be back oh, next week shit. to talk about. Who Holy knows? shit. Who knows? And Tim's going to get murdered between now and then. Uh, Maybe. What? I don't know. <laughs> if it happened, though, wouldn't this be funny? This would, There'd be synergy there. It would They'd be, be like, Nick Glover did it. I know it. It would be almost proof of a god, except not. Oh. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. <gasps> the butler did it. I'm the butler. I'm it. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We don't recognize moral authority. We don't accept divine superiority. We're geeks, geeks without God. Until next time, you can find us blogging at geekswithoutgod.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Geeks Without God. And you can even like us on Facebook. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks. We're geeks, geeks without God. We're geeks, geeks without God. We should get the pop sleeves to put over yeah, the, the yeah. mics.